Welcome and thanks for tuning in. While you listen to this podcast and think about the topics that we'll explore, remember, the areas you're moving into are always most important. Plan well and move to protect others and yourself. That's how you deliver flawless service and move America safely. So enjoy life and enjoy this podcast. How you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, mate? Fantastic. Travis, you doing all right? I'm doing good. Yeah, keeping busy. What are you up to today? Um, well, I was working with a guy, uh, helping him learn how to drive, like I always do. But, yeah. Um, tonight the uh, kids are doing hockey again. They're starting to get good at that. So. Yeah, because they grew up down in South Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that? Well, I mean, if you learn how to skate, that's similar, right? So that was the thing they'd uh, never even seen a pair of ice skates until until about a month ago. Have they ever done the like blading, you know, roller blading or anything like that? Yeah, they'd done some roller helped. skating and stuff, so it was close to the same thing. I do sort of like Happy Gilmore when I do it. It's just kind of on my face most of the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm not very good. I watch from the sidelines. <laughs> it's the best place for me. <laughs> right, Travis, do you ever play hockey? Never have. I'm excited. I got that uh, the Badger one's coming for the rail one. I'm doing that in February. I'm looking forward to that. I've been on the ice, like ice skating, you know, yeah. but never no hockey, hockey, no. Mm-mm. But you're so like I, when I look at you, I think athlete though. Oh yeah, I, I can throw a football. <laughs> I can catch a football. Yeah, I, I played defensive when I played. I wasn't very quick. Uh, baseball, softball, stuff like that. You know, wrestling mostly. We did. We had a big wrestling team in my high school, so I did that. Yeah. That my kids fun. like my kids like the wrestling. One of my boys. Is it bigger? I I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I think my neighbor does that. Honestly. I like it because it's like a full body kind of muscle. It, it's it's. It's neat, yeah. It's a neat sport. Yeah, the first time I tried to do it, I tried to pick them up and body slam them, and they said, wrong wrestling. Yeah. WWF, yeah. Yeah, they didn't like that. You know, I tried to DDT them or something. It just, wrong thing. You know, what am am I supposed to do, you know? (laughs) Big belly splash or something, you know. Wrong one, you know. You can't climb to the top wrong and... We didn't. We didn't have ropes to climb to the top. Don't you that something? You ever think about getting in that cage fighting? They still got that around. I've heard a while back. I heard they had that going on. But I, I have a uh, one of my one of my uncles did that. Uh, did the tough man stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty good for the first few minutes, and then it didn't last that long after that. No, it was kind of it was kind of over with. It's rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they put him in with a guy, uh, you know, because it was kind of some little sideshow carnival type thing and they put him in with this guy that was about three times about like russ's size and he's about my size and that guy just man had on him everywhere so yeah so that heavyweight must have been like uh, uh had a minimum but no maximum huh? <laughs> i think he was a little over gross <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for sure we've got a guest today uh i'll, I'll go on for he might be a cage fighter <laughs> he might be uh, clayton how are you doing today I'm doing pretty good. Are you a cage fighter, Clayton? 
I am definitely not. Definitely not. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Clayton. Where are you from? So I, I'm originally from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, yeah. I grew up there. I lived there for about 20 years. Uh-huh. Um, and I recently moved down to Renz, Georgia. Uh-huh. Right down around Augusta, Georgia. Okay. I know that area. I'm, I'm from down that way. I used to live in Atlanta, and we rode up there and went to that big aquarium they have up there. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yes, sir. Yeah, I liked it a lot. We used to do that and go up to uh, I think Mont Eagle up there. There's oh, yeah. Much of nothing up there, but we went. So, yeah. So, what got you down around Augusta? So, um, I, I met my wife down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was down there about three years ago um, working with my cousin and his uh, business that he has mm-hmm. and um, I actually met my wife down there and we um, we, we were together for about a year and a half and we got mm-hmm. married and then um, we moved back to her home state mm-hmm. so oh, okay y'all have, y'all have kids how long have y'all been married we do we yeah. um, got a two month old baby boy well, congratulations um, we've, been, we've been married right at two years okay cool yeah Russ you, you kind of you got a, you, You've been married newly, and you you got a eight eight year old, right? Yeah, I've been married a little over a year, and I have an eight year old and a ten year old. You did that backwards, Russ. You're supposed to have to get married first. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> they're uh, they're her kids from a previous marriage. Right? So, I I know. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I've always been bad at math. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to take your shoes off, and you know, if you're from Tennessee or Georgia, you take your shoes off and that. That's what it is. You can get the ten, but then yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so what did you do before this, Clayton? So before I worked at Rail, um, uh-huh. I was a manager at a Chick Fil A in Udawal. I was a manager there for three years, mm-hmm. um, and now I went into automotive um, logistics. Mm-hmm. Um, I drove, worked for Volkswagen and Nissan, um, and I loaded the cars onto the trains, getting them all ready to ship out. And um, when the the part and chip shortage came in, um, mm-hmm. it slowed us down a lot. So you had to find something else to do. Had, had to find something else, and always wanted my CDLs and. Mm-hmm. Found rail, and so that's what I went with. And you come through the GYCDL, I know, right? I did, yes, okay. sir. Which which terminal? I came through Gary, Gary. Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who did you? How did everything go? Who did you? Have? Oh, it it went great. Um, I had John Flores okay. as my trainer there at the program. Mm-hmm. Um, he's now went back to local driving. Okay. Everything went good. It did. It went mm-hmm. amazing. And then I'm assuming from there you moved on to a, a road trainer. I did. Two. And who, how did that go? It w- it went good. Um, I had William Brad okay. as my over the road trainer, uh, and we we really hit it off, and we had a, a great time over the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and then graduated from there, and right now I'm in um, Trainer Foundation. Oh, working uh, to be a trainer. Working to be a trainer. You, you know, uh, you gentlemen, you got doing your Trainer Foundation. That was a uh, that was Russ's trainer. How'd that go, Russ? That was uh, that was a good time. <laughs> he's a he's a unique fella. He's a unique fella, and you uh, excellent trainer. But yeah. you uh, you got to get to know his sense of humor a little bit right. times, you know. So it's a little different than yours, isn't it? At times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he knows his business, though. He, he knows his business. Yeah. How are, how are you? And this is your day one. It is. It's the first day of that. You learning anything? Oh, yeah. Um, he, he definitely knows his stuff. That's one yeah. thing you can take from, you yeah. know, just one day of it. 
Have you have you talked to him about the fifth bull yet? I haven't. Wait, tomorrow I asked him to describe the fifth bull. That man is like, he he knows more about a fifth bull than I think anybody I know. He can read. It's like a dictionary when he's reading it to you. This does this and this was. He can tell you where it was manufactured and where this part goes. I don't know where he learned all of that stuff. But yes, he, he's a he's a wealth of knowledge. Did anybody say who he is yet in this podcast? Because in other podcasts we've talked about that specific person, but who is he? Travars. Travars Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Travars Johnson. I, yeah. I had to step in and make sure we call call yeah. him on I forget people are listening to this stuff. Yeah. How, so how long were you driving solo before you decided to become a driver trainer? So um, they um, they talked to me about three months into driving solo about becoming a over the road trainer. Um, and they actually, when I transferred from my training manager, fleet manager, they put me into the over-the-road trainer, fleet manager, board mm-hmm. side. Um, and it's been right at seven months that I've been solo right now. Mm-hmm. And they called me last week and asked me if I would be willing to go ahead and do my foundation side of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So you feel like you're ready for that? Um. Personally, I I never feel ready for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always something to learn, even if you are a trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I have areas that I can help other people in, mm-hmm. um, but I still have a lot of learning to do myself also. Okay. Russ, you, you trained, didn't you? Yes, sir. How long did you train for? Um, I was an over-the-road trainer for close to three years before I Came in to be an instructor. How long did you drive before you become a trainer? A year. Did you, you feel ready? Um, Were you? Did, yeah. Did you feel ready? Mm, no. But you've been successful, right? I've been very successful. Does anybody feel ready for something new? Really? I did. No, I was not. <laughs> well, except for all the perfect people like Mike. Um, yeah. I, I agree, Travis. Uh, Nobody ever feels ready for something. Mm-hmm. Something new. Something new. Something new. But that's um, another thing I can say about rail is their training program to teach you how to be an over-the-road trainer, mm-hmm. they give you a lot of information and a lot of support. Um, so if you ever have a question, it's just a phone call away, and you can get your answer right, right away. So. I think that's probably why it made you feel at ease. That That is what made me yeah. feel at ease is um, the entire way through from the time I started GYCDL till now, still, mm-hmm. um, the answer is always right there. There's always somebody to help you out. You know, what do we so. always tell them? There's one call for, for everything, that one number, and yeah. it connects you with any, any answer. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, don't think because you don't know something that – you're going to come off as less professional or, you know, less of a person or whatever. Yeah. I I always feel that a true professional is the one that is um, willing to ask for help when it's needed Mm -hmm. before a mistake is made, you know. Yeah. Um, Is there anything you're kind of weary about, scared about? So um, I guess one of the most um, things I'd be worried about – is having a n- new student drive me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like, you know, other people driving me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but just just having that new student, you know, we're coming into the winter months, mm-hmm. especially around here, you get a lot of snow and ice, um, and just having not being in full control of that vehicle, mm-hmm. um, relying on a student to mm-hmm. safely get you to your destination. Well, you're there though, commentating. So through that commentation, still a little different. Yes, it, it is definitely a little different. Because you still, you, you literally, the only thing you can do is, is pop the brakes. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much it. I and, mean, you, and you definitely don't want to do that when you're on ice either. No. 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 So you you, you kind of lay your faith in that they're handing you a decent trainer, a trainee, and which I feel like they do here. And uh, that would be mine and Russ's end here. Yeah. And we, you're hoping we hand you a good student, and and I I really feel confident that you you'll get them. You know, from our schools for sure. You know, our training facilities. Is there anything you feel like you'll be adding? You know, to the program. I mean, I know you're new to it, but I mean, obviously, there's some skill set that you've had that got you to where you're at right now. You know, that's what I would think you would you would be bringing to the table. Um, well, I know um, I'd be bringing what my trainer taught me, um, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, how to be on time for your pickup mm-hmm. and your deliveries, um, knowing how how to run your clock um, and what you can cover in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, that sets you up for the success, and I think that's one of the reasons they really looked at me and contacted me on it was being on time, being early. Mm-hmm. I'm being punctual. If I say I'm going to be somewhere at a certain time, make sure you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, a good work work ethic. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's for sure. I would I would think if for you to be here in seven months, I would think that would be because you're doing what you're supposed to do. That's what I would say, wouldn't you, Russ? That's definitely what I would say because they're not going to bring somebody in who isn't showing that they can do it. Right. How can a driver trainer make it easier on themselves sitting in that passenger seat? How can they make themselves feel more comfortable or be more comfortable? Boy, that's a tough one, Travis. I so mean, put yourself in that passenger seat it's, it's in a stressful a few situation. Years since I was um, you know what? What? What kept the stress down? Most of the time, I would say myself. This is I'm trying to think back. The last time I trained on the road was because I've been doing the GYCDL stuff. So that's a little different. You really don't get you really don't get a chance. It's kind of controlled here on the yard, mm-hmm. and you don't really hit the road until you feel comfortable. Out on the road, I typically would take them out. The first day, I pretty much did everything. And I showed them, you know, this is what I expect. And I started off maybe the first first day or first week with a little bit of driving, a little bit of backing, till I got I built more confidence up into them. And then when I got more confidence, then I slowly – backed off and I let them do more and more. That's what I done. One of the things I did um, with every trainee is I would have a conversation with them um, right away before we even left the yard or wherever we picked them up. Um, that, you know, kind of talking about where they feel they're at and um I would tell them what what the expectation I had of them as a trainee, and I would let them tell me what expectation they had of me as a trainer to them so that we could kind of build that, start to build that trust so that when I told them to do something, 
they would trust me to know that it's I'm telling them to do the right thing. Um, one, so that they would actually do it, but so they wouldn't be asking questions and everything in the moment so that I could feel more comfortable, that I could give them instruction and they would do it, you know. What did your trainer do? What do you feel like he done to get you ready to where he could trust you enough to let you go? One thing um, is you, you got to get to know the student. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I know the first day I was with him, mm-hmm. um, we, we did a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second day it was, you know, some talk, and then it was just you're driving, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and he, he'd been doing it for about three years, you know, training. So mm-hmm. um, he, he probably felt a lot more comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. been through a lot of situations. Um, but I would, I would think, you know, being being comfortable with the student, actually getting to know them, mm-hmm. getting to know their background, um, would be what would make you wanna, you know, I guess put your trust in them more to right. get you safely. Or there. not put your trust in them. <laughs> well, what if? What What did he say to you to make you? Tr- I mean, I asked you what 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 you'll do, but what did he say to make you feel confident when he told you, you know, you need to do this? You didn't even question it. Um. I, I just um, it was one of them things. He's been doing it longer than me. Mm-hmm. Um, he he should know what he's talking about. Right. Um, and when you actually did it, did what he said, and you saw how it turned out, you realized, all right, he does know what he's talking okay. about. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm I'm assuming that's what I would carry into it. You know, you're fitting to go out, show them what you're expecting, and they should see it. And you know they'll know right from day one that you know what you're talking about. Yes, sir. You know. And you you you've done this stuff. You know how to do this stuff. Clearly, yeah. you've done it long enough, right? Yeah. So just be confident in that. And uh, and then on the other side, people that are coming in here and that'll go out with our trainers, uh, they got to be professional and they got to respect that experience that the trainer has and just listen to it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no problems. Yeah, I think so. How's it gonna be in the truck with another person in there? Um, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm pretty laid back. Um, I, I'm not really super hard to get along with. Um, I'm personally, you know, I'd, I'd like another, you know, some company in a truck, you know, it, it gets lonely out there, you know, you're, you're yeah. sitting there, you know, 650 miles a day and mm-hmm. all you got is the radio to keep you company, you know, it, it's nice to have somebody to talk to. You know what's the best thing to do when you're bored like that? It's just listening to Keeping It Real podcast. That's the best part of that's it. That's the best. Yeah, that's the best part. And then you put on all of them, you download them, you, you memorize every word, hang on every word we say. And you email podcast at rail.net with all your questions or suggestions. If you guys want to come on, just come by here and say, hey, I want to get on that show. And yeah, we'll zoom you in or get you through Marshfield. Where do you see yourself down the road, Clayton? I, I really want to get an owner-operator. Okay. Um, that would be a goal of mine. Um, they, they give you the knowledge. They give you all the tools that mm-hmm. you need right. to have a successful qu- and then career. It, you know, and if you got out there and you did that down the road and you decided you didn't want to, you know, you'd be welcome to come back, you know. Yes, sir. I'm sure, you know. Let's shift gears a little bit. Let's uh, talk about who you are outside of work. 
What do you like to do when you're not driving 650 miles a day listening to the radio? Uh, a podcast, keeping it podcast, real podcast, podcast, yeah. keeping it yeah. real podcast. That's what I know he's the radio big, speaker. He's a big yeah. fan, so yeah. So um, I I grew up on a 32 acre farm uh, mm-hmm. in Tennessee. Um, I grew up, you know, in the summer months. It was always gardening, you know, up before the sun's up, picking green beans, and then you spend all day canning. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up riding horses, dealing with cattle, livestock, all that. And um, hobbies was always, you know, ATVs or dirt bikes, something, you know, outside. And that was one thing. I grew up without TV. Mm-hmm. So no video games, nothing. Um, we was always made to go outside and, you know, have fun. Um, and work, I mean, I consider work as my hobby. Because mm-hmm. um, when I ain't working my full-time job, I'm doing some sort of work, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, a side gig or anything um, I like like to do stuff with my hands, you know. Mm-hmm. Do all my own mechanicing if possible, you know. Um, and so I guess work would be my outside hobby. <laughs> work would be your outside hobby, okay. What do you and the wife like to do? So when when we get to spend time together, um, I guess they work. <laughs> so so we actually do. Um, we we both end up working. Um, she she likes to I do. It. <laughs> she likes to do a lot of art, um, okay. painting, um, making flower arrangements, all that wreath. Yeah. Um, and so we actually do. Um, and we we like to go to the beach um, if it's possible. We'll head down there to the beach in Savannah, Georgia, mm-hmm. um, a couple hours down. We'll spend some time there, but. Um, we we do. We both like to work. So that's kind of cool. How about staying connected with uh, the wife and your little one while you're on the road? So um, I I try to um, at least have two phone calls a day mm-hmm. um, at minimum. You know, a morning call and an evening, um, and then it it's really rough with the you know a two month old baby. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're missing a lot of steps. Um, in his you know as he's growing up. Um, and so we'll, we'll try to do some FaceTimes. Um, and she mainly keeps me updated with Snapchat. Y'all just have the one? We do. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, and so it's mainly updated through Snapchat, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is what he's done today, you know. He, mm-hmm. He's starting to stand or pull up on something, you know, mm-hmm. little videos. So that that's how we try to stay connected is at mm-hmm. least two times a day. Okay. Cool. How often are you going home? So right now I'm on the um, 11 to 14 out, three days home. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I become a trainer, if I do, um, it will be, you know, more like a month out, you know, six to seven days home. Mm-hmm. But um, right now it's on the 11 to 14. Well, they're, they're pretty good even if you become a trainer. If you want to stick to the same schedule, they'll find somebody else to finish them up or yes, whatever. Yeah, so like, yeah, but I, I know I personally want to probably try to finish the person yes, I was sir. with. Um, that, that's one thing with me. I like to follow through with something that I start, mm-hmm. you know. Right. How's your wife feel about that? Um, she She's all right with it. Um, yeah. she She's more excited about the money side of it. <laughs> well, thanks to technology, it makes it easier. Yeah. Uh, for I mean, I have a child that's in Florida, and I'm up here in Wisconsin from yes, the first sir. marriage. So, yeah. Yeah, I have, I have four down in Georgia. So. So two grandkids, yeah. FaceTime, Skype, whatever. Absolutely, yeah. I talk to them every day. Yeah. 
grandkids are a mess. So <laughs> I talk to them all the time. My, my my kids are, you know, they're all grown now except for my youngest. But grandkids are a lot of fun. Uh, I can't wait till we go down there during Christmas and I get to spoil them and, and let, let their mom have them. You know, that'll be fun. Jack them up on some sugar and let them go, you know. That's pretty much my job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that technology yeah. helps a lot. Right. Let's go back a little bit to the owner-operator. You said you were interested in doing that. You're going to plan on doing the lease program with rail, or are you planning on buying one, leasing it on with rail? What's the plan? Personally, I, I'd rather have a old Peterbilt, mm-hmm. um, old truck. I'm not a, I'm not right. one that likes all the new technology. Um, yeah. You, too much that can go wrong with them that you can't fix yourself. It's got its pluses and negatives. It, it does. I mean, it's some of it I like, some of it I don't. You know. Yes, sir. I, I understand what you're saying. The, the some of the benefits of, of leasing it through rail is, uh, you know, you're pretty hands on. But you know, for the person out there that's not hands on, you lease it through rail. It doesn't work out with you. You don't wind up liking it. You know, it's not that big of a deal to change back over and be a company driver again. That's a good kind of risk-free way of trying it out to see if it's what what you would like to do, and then maybe later on, go and if you want, if you find out you really like it, go and buy you one. You know, who knows? Yes, sir. Get you get you on, get your feet up under you. Know, get you going. Um, I, I was the owner operator here, and I enjoyed it. So, yeah, Russ, you ever thought about going on that road? No. Um... Not seriously, um, more just because uh, I prefer to just uh, put my miles in and then hand the truck back over, you know. I can completely agree with you on that. When I see these fuel prices these days, I can definitely understand <laughs> understand that, yeah. Yeah, that's another thing I'm thinking about, you know, going through the the mountains and you're putting in $600 worth of fuel mm-hmm. and I'm going, I'm glad I'm not paying for this. We help uh, with fuel costs, don't we? You, don't get we a have... fuel, you get a fuel discount um, through the Loves and the Pilot. There's a few places. Loves, we do help pilots, with them, though. In, in maintenance, oh, we yeah, help with yeah, maintenance. Yeah, you get, a, you get a, fuel, uh, a fuel surcharge. You get that on top of that. You get a fuel discount at the major fuel, fuel stops. Um, they give you discounts like on your tires and maintenance and stuff like that. It's not a bad. It's honestly not bad. You, you can you can make a decent living at it. Uh, I can't I can't grumble at it. But uh, it was just never mm-hmm. for me. I'm I like to. Uh, I I just wouldn't want to own my own truck. But it, it is. Uh, for a lot of people, it's a great thing. You get and more freedom, right? Choice thing. of loads. You, you definitely get more freedom because you know, like as a company driver, you you know, if they give you a load, you've got to have a really good reason why you don't do that load. Where if you're an owner operator and they give you the load, you get choices to where you want to go. You can pick your own routes you want to go. Um, you can pick what fuel stops you want to go to. You get you got a lot more say so in the matter because you're you know you've got a lot more on the line. You know, um, most of the time when I did it, I just went by what they gave me. I just run it just like I was a company driver. I run about 60 mile an hour most of the time because I try to get the best fuel mileage I could get. Was yeah. switching from company driver to owner operator worth worth it? Worth In my that? opinion, it was. Um, you know, the the freedom I had at it and the, you know, it's another forty fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year. I would say, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it was. Most people that I find that get in trouble 
being an owner-operator is people that start making more and they start spending more. That's the people I see get in trouble. The people that, you know, they, they're smart with their money. They start making more money. They start putting it up. They kind of keep running just like they always did. They're going to be very successful at it. The people that, that you know, instead of them getting a $1,000 paycheck, they get a two or $3,000 paycheck, and they buy a bigger house and new cars, they get in a lot of trouble. That's That's where I see it. So it's like for the people who really want to do this job, who really want to haul stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, if they want the freedom to choose the loads and choose Mm -hmm. the routes and all that stuff, being an owner-operator, good choice, right? Yeah. Otherwise, but then there's that other freedom Mm -hmm. of not having those responsibilities and being a company driver. So it's like like the two different types of freedom. Depends on what you want. You know, some people like that security. And also being a company driver, if if you work your butt off and – um, put the miles out there. You're maybe not going to make the the hundred and some thousand mm-hmm. that you did, but you can still make close to that hundred grand mark taken home as a company driver mm-hmm. um, with rails. So um, you just got to either way. You got to be willing to put in the miles. You got to put in the work, no matter yeah. whether you do it. Oh, no matter what job, any yeah. job, any, any. work, I mean, work, you got to put in the work and hopefully you like the work. Hopefully it's like a hobby <laughs> yeah. so you can enjoy putting in that work. And we know Clayton likes to work, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he should be fine. Yeah. Either way you go, Clayton, you're going to be all right. <laughs> Did you turn trucking into a hobby? Not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Um, it, it's still, you know, miles are still, you know, work to me, you know, sitting there, um, I'm not used to sitting all the time. I'm used to actually moving around, so a little bit different of a you know a work position that I'm in now. So wait till you wait till you go back and do some physical. I helped a I helped a, a one of my one of my buddies the other day do a, some physical labor. Uh, I got muscles I didn't know I had now because they hurt. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do you do do you walk at truck stops and? Yeah. So um, I, I try to, um, I try to, you know, walk in the morning, um, mm-hmm. try not to park as close as I can to the truck stop. So, you know, you have to walk some, um, try to walk some at night after I do my pre-trip stuff, you know, just get out and stretch, you know. That is a challenge, right? That it sitting, is. Uh, it I is. just kind of wanted to know how you're dealing with it and how you're, you know, making it work because other people are going to have the same challenge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge um, after, you know, you you work your 11 to 14 hours a day and then you, you finally park and, you know, it's just so easy to do your pre-trip or your post-trip and then jump back in the truck and just shut it down and hit, mm-hmm. hit the sack, you know. So easy to do that. You got to, you know, make yourself, you know, get out and walk. You have to. You have to unless you want to get, you know, really out of shape. Oh, yeah. How have you controlled your spending out there? Because I know a lot of people, they spend everything they make. Yeah, so so it was going pretty good, um, mm-hmm. and then then you know the refrigerator decided right. to bite the dust. Um, I haven't got it fixed yet, mm-hmm. but it is really your fast foods um, You'll that get you eating fast food. Oh, you will, um, and then you're like, well, I'm tired of fast food, so let's let's grab an Uber on a reset and mm-hmm. let's go eat somewhere nice. And that's even more money. It oh, is, yeah. you know, you'll you'll spend you no know, thirty forty dollars in an Uber and then that much at a restaurant mm-hmm. so so you got to get that fridge fixed 
I do. Yeah. I do. Because that is that's from what I hear from drivers, uh, bringing food, preparing it at home, mm-hmm. and bringing it out with you. Yeah. It, it is the best way to save the money on the road. And you'll notice most of the truck stops, I mean, the idea of a vegetable, that's just a myth. They give you a starch upon a starch upon a starch, and it's like a potato with some potatoes, and here goes a side of potatoes. You know, it's n- a green is maybe a vegetable, a salad, if yeah. you're lucky. And, and they'll still charge you $10 for that. Right. I mean, it's insane, you know. Russ, what did you do out there? Um, when I first started, I was just doing the fast food and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> not only went broke, but health kind of deteriorated. Right. Um, but then I did get a fridge, and I started um, carrying a uh, portable stove with me. Mm-hmm. And um, I cooked out on the road a lot. I've seen a couple of the guys lately when they've done the DSCs to get their trucks to test outs. They've been they've been putting in these uh, convection ovens in mm-hmm. them, the deep fryers and stuff. And I, I mean, they're a couple of hundred bucks, but I mean, to me, that seems like that'd be really smart. I've been really uh, impressed with some of the new technologies they got now. And you you can literally get the 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 like the little cool they look like like the little coolers. Uh, they plug into your cigarette lighters and i mean as long as you keep the truck reasonably cool it cools it down th- and they're 70 80 bucks they're not crazy maybe you could you know get something like that oh yeah yeah i mean something holds you over yes sir and you guys have got the power inverters in the truck i mean you can get the run of your walmarts or whatever and i think they got the little fridges there for 50 bucks i mean it's not too bad yes sir yeah clayton any interesting stories that's happened to you out on the road well um it was I had one um, just the other morning. I was heading out to Michigan um, from right here in Marshfield. Had to go pick up a load of lumber. Um, and I was heading. It was taking me out through the back roads. And I just crossed into Michigan. And it, it's about 2.30 in the morning. And um, all of a sudden, you know, you, you can't see a lot out there mm-hmm. um, at 2.30 in the morning. And I had a, a black bear come out from my left side, mm-hmm. and no, barely, barely could see it because it was in that dark area of the woods, and ran out in front, and then uh, I hit my brakes, and a little bit hard, and I set the camera off. What about in your personal life? Any any good stories out there? Oh, let's see. I had one. Um, I was. I thought about you know breaking a horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, First horse I was at. What is break. that? What it, for people out there that don't know? What does that mean? Um, it's it's breaking them um, down so you can ride them. Okay. Um, so they ain't gonna kick you off every time. Okay. Um, so so I decided, you know, first horse, I can break this horse. You know, I've watched plenty of movies on this. You know, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I seem like I've done that a lot. I've seen that on TV oh, yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be that, that hard. What do, what do they say? Film, don't try this at home. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. try this. <laughs> it's done by trained professionals. Uh, <laughs> they must not have said that on that show. <laughs> they, they must not. So um, I decided I was going, you know, break him. So so I worked with him for quite a while. You know. Yeah. I got him used to the saddle, used to some weight, and so one day I said, "Well, he's used to the weight. I'll just climb up here mm-hmm. and sit on him." Well, so I did, and next thing I knew, I'm, you know, waking up on the ground, he's <laughs> over me, and I got a hoof print on the side of my face, and somebody's running over, are you all right? 
I said, yeah, I said, I reckon I sat on this back a little too long. <laughs> Did you get back up and try it again? No, I actually didn't try it again that day. Um, I was in a little bit too much of pain. but Right. Um, eventually? I eventually did. I mean, this is like a real-life cowboy right here. I, I went to this, this stable one time, rode one, and one threw me over the top, and me and him walked about a mile back to the stable because I refused to get back <laughs> on there. <laughs> Russ, you ever been flung off one before? Several times. And you got back up there? Yeah. Did you grow up doing that stuff? I did. Um, not not breaking horses, yeah. but um, riding broke horses that was already broke. What possessed you to want to try that? You literally TV? No, um, I've always wanted to do rodeo, uh-huh. um, ride bulls, ride Bronx, um, and I was able to ride a bull a couple of times. Uh-huh. Um, never stayed on for eight seconds, but you know it, right. it's just all about the fun in it. Um, I just love a challenge, right. you know, and love dealing with animals and livestock. So. Hey, you come across a little hard headed. Oh, they say yeah. if you're hard headed, you have to have a soft butt, is what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently that's obvious, right? The hard head apparently for a, a, a hoof mark to the to the. It's a good thing he didn't get hurt. It it is. I was very fortunate. Yeah, yeah. Other than your pride. Oh yeah, definitely hurt that. <laughs> that horse was just showing you who's boss. He, it was. He, he wasn't really like out to really get you. It was. Um, sad thing is, I was bigger than he was, but you know he could still show me who was boss. What was it? A Shetland pony. No, <laughs> no. Um, I'm in with I, your horse. I know what it was. He was in front of the Piggly Wiggly. It was that one out front. Yeah, they, they were out. You put a quarter in it. <laughs> it was. It was. You run out of quarters. Is what I it did. was. I didn't. It, it didn't like that. <laughs> he was trying to spur it out to shoot and oh, run out yeah. of quarters. <laughs> so this horse, t- it was, it was, this was a younger horse. It was. Um. It was. I'd say it was about a year, year and a half old. Um. Wasn't full grown yet and um so it still had the growing to do still a lot of muscle though it they do they do can't you picture that clayton you guys have to see him. he's like a true cowboy and all i can do is picture now is clayton on this little <laughs> riding mechanical horse outside front of the grocery store <laughs> with his little two-gun pistol you know it? <laughs> yes sir. Cap, gun. cap guns <laughs> oh man Let's go back a little bit in this conversation. How did you find rail? And what was it about rail that caught your eye and your attention and got you in here? So um, I found rail on the internet. Um, I just looked up um, trucking companies that pay pay you to get your CDLs. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big thing because, um, you know, a lot of times you got to pay for the school outright. Well, mm-hmm. you know. I didn't have that, you no. Know, just freshly getting married and settling down, didn't have that money to do. Um, and so there were several companies out there that will pay for your CDLs, but um, something that stuck out to me was the safety uh, rail, you know, mm-hmm. their safety score. Um, I've always been big in safety. Um, the last job I had, I was uh, on the safety board of that job. Um, so it's always been a big factor into me. Um, about safety and everything that uh, you were told during the recruitment process was it all legit and did it all line up with what you experienced it it actually did um, which is very surprising Um, a lot of times you know they'll they'll tell you anything to get you into it Um, but it but it did everything that I was told did you know 
pan out the way I was told. And still to this day? It, it has. It has. Good. Just getting over that sitting. Okay. Oh, yeah. Definitely got to get over that. I think that's about it. Um, Russ, you get any, anything else you wanted to add? Well, we could always ask that age-old question, but I think we're ahead on that, you know. I, well, might as well. Clayton, catch up on a hot dog. What do you think? Do you, Definitely. do you do catch up on a hot dog? I, I do. Right. I do. All right. All right. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. All you guys out there, if you need to send feedback, who they send it to, Travis? Podcast at rail.net. Perfect, perfect. We're going to have to pass that on to Russ to let him start saying that. Uh, thank you for being with us today, Clayton. Russ, thank you for helping. Travis, yeah. and you guys keep listening for some fantastic podcasts that will be coming in the near future, and keep doing it the railway. Keep on trucking. Yes. Thanks, Clayton.